This is Tax Debt Consultant with the godfather of tax resolution with enrolled agent Carlos Samaniego. It's time to put all of your tax problems behind you using plain and simple language. Carlos will show you how to reduce your tax debt and get the IRS hitman off your back. Off your back. And now, the godfather, Carlos Samaniego. Good morning, YouTube. Good morning, Facebook, and good morning, podcast. Today, I have a distinct pleasure of introducing a very good friend, colleague, um, and mentor of mine, Jason Bowman. Jason has literally spent the last 12 years representing tax people with tax problems. But most importantly, he's actually he actually teaches CPAs, enrolled agents, and attorneys all across the country. In fact, he's done over 400 live seminars throughout the live seminars and webinars throughout the country, teaching people about how to represent taxpayers. And uh, we were talking the other day, and I had to bring him on the face um, on the do a fireside chat interview with him uh, to kind of just talk about what the hell is going on. Morning, Jason. How you doing? Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it, Carlos. Uh, uh, you know what's interesting about Jason? I want to tell this little story before we get started, Jason. Uh-oh. Um, as many of you guys know, in my book, I write about how I went eight years without filing my taxes. And that, when that happened to me, it kind of spurred um, a little seed that someday I wanted to be able to represent taxpayers who have very similar problems that I, uh, that I had. And a few years ago, in my um, late 40s, I had decided I'm going to become an enrolled agent. And Jason, when I was doing that research, I actually found you. You were doing kind of one of your um, live seminars, and I wasn't even an enrolled agent. I was a tax. Um, I, I was doing taxes. I had a very right, small tax that. practice. And I went down to San Diego, and you were literally my first introduction on how do you represent taxpayers. And since that day, I've been kind of attached to um, Jason's tips <laughs> in terms of just get gaining so much knowledge because who you guys see right in front of you is one of the most knowledgeable people I know when it comes down to representing taxpayers. Um, and probably that's why you have so many people across the country that you train. Um, I, I appreciate that. But you, you know, I, I, I give yourself some credit as well, uh, obviously, because for, 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 I'll say for two, two reasons. One, having had the experience of of going through the IRS collections process yourself, you know, on, on that other side, um, gives you a, a perspective that most practitioners don't ever get. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it is a very valuable lesson. And, and I'm sure that all of your clients will attest to this, that your experience having been on that side of things it makes you a better representative for them because you know what they're going through. Oh, you, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Just yesterday, I had a client call me from Texas and we were talking about his, uh, he found me on, uh, it was a YouTube video and he wanted to talk more about, you know, how I can help him take care of his problems. And he was shocked with something and I go, are you married? And he's all, yes. And I started asking all these questions about his marriage and when he got married. And he's like, well, why are you asking me all these questions? <laughs> and I go, I've been there, done that. I actually had tax problems and I got married and brought my tax problems into the marriage. Right. And he, it just blew him away because everybody else that he's interviewed never had to talk about that, that aspect of it. 
So you're right, because I know what it's like, especially if you're married and things like that. So, yeah, that, that's a that's a fun thing to bring into a marriage, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, it's something you don't want to. And if you're watching yeah. this and you got tax problems and your spouse doesn't know about it, which that happens ninety percent of the time, it's yeah. kind of a it's that secret. It's just that secret that they don't talk about. So. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know, funny story. I, I once had a client um, that in, in Colorado that um, had a, a an insurance uh, a life uh, life and casualty insurance uh, practice, and uh, the the business had payroll tax debt. He had personal income tax debt, um, and he ended up shutting down the business in Colorado. Moved to Texas. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, took the, as you know, the trust fund recovery penalty with, from the Colorado business with him. Right. Uh, and he met uh, the love of his life in Texas. Uh, she ran a uh, hair salon. Uh, her, her salon had 941 tax <laughs> debt, and she herself had 1040 liabilities, and they got married. Fun. <laughs> so they married each other and they both brought tax liability, mm -hmm. which, which speaks to how common the problem actually is. Right. It's amazing. I mean, there's at any given time, there's between 13 and 14 million people with a tax liability. And with what's going on right now with the economic situation caused by coronavirus, it's going to get worse. Right. Right. So, it's it's great that your clients have somebody like you uh, that can you know represent them through these difficult times. So yeah, uh, and, and I'm and you glad know, you decided to 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 join us in this in this collections world. Yeah, uh, you know what? It's uh, I, I've never felt, um, and I think I mentioned. I'm not sure if you know, but I was actually um, an EMT guy back in my mm -hmm. 20s and into my early 30s, and I used to save people uh, medically. Right and now, I, I I literally feel like I'm saving people's lives from a financial point of view because um, I know when I went through that problem, I was having I thought I had heart issues, I gained a lot of weight, I couldn't sleep at night because you're thinking about this. Yeah. So um, you know, financial problems do will, will dramatically affect you, um, you know, medically. And luckily for me, it wasn't a heart issue. The doctor finally said you got too much stress going on in your life, yeah. and I knew yeah. what one of the one of those stress factors are. So, Jason. Um, I mean, let's just go into kind of, you know, you brought it up already in terms of the COVID-19 is just going to create a kind of a nightmare for um, individuals and small business owners. Um, what are you seeing based on your, your kind of interviews with CPAs, EAs, and uh, um, attorneys across the country? You know, it's it a lot of it is regional. Uh, it depends on how your individual state government has responded to uh, the pandemic. Um, some states have had broader closures than others. Um, you know, you're, you're sitting in California right now. I'm sitting in the state of Washington. Uh, and, you know, we're both in states that had pretty far ranging closures and fairly early, right. um, you know, because the, the first reported uh, case uh, now turns out it was in California, uh, but originally the first reported case in the U.S. was in Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, and so, um, you know, different areas are impacted differently. And, and, and you know, we're, we're, I don't want to get into anything political because it's right. largely a political issue in, in some states. But, you know, some states are opening sooner. 
uh, and they're seeing what happens. You know, some states are looking at what different countries did. You know, South Korea handled things very differently than Sweden did. Mm -hmm. um, and so this isn't just an American problem or a Californian problem or a Floridian problem or a New Yorker problem. It's a global problem. Mm -hmm. um, and especially with how economically everything's all tied together. Uh, you know, there are people who's, who have lost their jobs, not because there's an outbreak in their local area, but because their employer relied on uh, basic materials from China and the supply chain disruption caused their own company to falter. And so, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces to this. It's not just the governor saying, okay, everybody go back to work now. Right. Um, and so uh, when, when I talk to other accountants and attorneys around the country, it's, it's, it's very localized. Mm -hmm. um, and what's also local is the type and level of local support be it from local government, local organizations, you know, uh, uh, charitable organizations, um, uh, chamber of commerce and, and, and other small business organization support, um, whether or not the local community has come together to help those in need, et cetera. So it is incredibly localized. Gotcha. Um, but on a big picture, uh, what I heard yesterday was something a little over 30 million Americans are out of work right now. Um, you know, today, today is May 1st. That means rent is due. Uh, mortgage payments are due. Uh, and so, um, you know, if, if you're, if you have clients that are, that are out of work and, you know, some States are being faster about getting unemployment, uh, compensation out there faster than others. Uh, like, you know, California's done done fairly well uh, with it. But when you look at Florida, um, I think they're, uh, what was it, like 15 or 20% is all they've managed to process in terms of, of okay. unemployment applications. So what does that mean for um, for your your tax clients, for uh, your, your own family, you know, extended family members? You know, so the the implications are are so far ranging that it's it's impossible to say just one thing but i can tell you this i am very very um excited at how our profession our colleagues other eas cpas attorneys most of them are going above and beyond mm -hmm. they have um uh put aside uh, f a lot of their, you know, um, their collection practices for their own business, you know, extending terms on invoices. Right. And, and so that's, that's impacting their ability to pay their bills, but, but they're doing it because it's the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they, they shifted from, uh, you know, doing the income generating work uh, to assisting as much as they could with those PPP loans Mm -hmm. um, which that's a whole other set of problems, mm -hmm. but you know, you and I, we can't charge a fee directly to the client for preparing the PPP loan application and the banks sure as heck haven't been paying the agent fees. So we're doing that work effectively pro bono, mm -hmm. um, but it's the right thing. And so I'm, it, it's just been really awesome to see our colleagues do the right thing to help their business and individual clients. Like, 
it's just one of those things that, you know, a year from now when this is all behind us, hopefully, uh, we'll look back and, and we'll be, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about the people that are getting busted for fraud, but we're also going to be talking about how awesome it was that as a profession, we came together um, to help small businesses and, and families because for, a, I mean, you know this, for a lot of families, their tax person is their only like financial services um, sounding board that they have. They don't have like a financial planner or an estate planning attorney. It's their tax person and that's it. Right, and right. so it's, it's just really great seeing how the profession has come together. It has. It has. I have a question. Um, who do you feel are going to be the biggest um, small business owners affected with this? Or you know, do you think it's just all small? Uh, I deal with primarily a lot of self-employed individuals. Right. And the, the big challenge with a lot of self-employed individuals, sometimes we just don't take care of our taxes the way we're supposed to. We're right. Supposed to right. So now you throw this on top of this. Um, I think I read somewhere, you, you, actually, you actually said something, I think it was in the, one of your newsletters, sometimes a bad situation like the COVID-19 is a blessing in disguise to resolve tax tax issues that a lot of these yeah. have. Yeah. So I, so I think there's two facets to that. First of all, um, there were a lot of people that were non-filers. Um, and, you know, you and I both know that um, uh, the failure to file a tax return is, the, is considered by the IRS um, to be the most egregious part of the problem. Um, it's, it's the part that they criminally prosecute occasionally, um, not the actual owing of the, the debt. It's the, the failure to file the return that is a, a real issue. Um, and because of the stimulus, you know, the, the, I'm sorry, not stimulus payments, the economic injury payments, um, you know, people were coming out of the woodwork to get their, at least their 2018 return filed so that they can get that $1,200 or, or whatever. But by filing that return, that also puts them onto the collections radar. And so I, I think it's actually a good thing that those folks are now being drawn back into the compliance arena. Um, they're filing those returns and it's gonna prompt um, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of them to file those delinquent returns um, and deal with the collections issue itself. So that's a, a good thing. The other thing that I keep telling practitioners, and, and it's kind of a weird thing to say, uh, like, like, kind of like you referenced, it, 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 but right now is one of the best times ever to be resolving your tax debt. Absolutely. Um, and, and there's two other factors there, and then I'll, I guess I'll backtrack to the other second factor I was going to talk about. Uh, but one, the IRS collections uh, suspension. So IRS is not taking, you know, they're, they're not garnishing paychecks or, or taking money out of bank accounts right now. Um, there's a suspension of collection activity until July 15th. That means that now is a really good time for people with a tax debt problem to come to a practitioner such as yourself uh, and get those tax returns prepared to, um, you know, you need time in order to assemble, um, you know, the case, right? 
and to do the, the necessary research and assemble uh, the, the, the resolution package, determine your resolution options, um, put together the plan of attack, basically. Right. And so because you need time to do that, time is usually the enemy in collections. Um, but because of this collection shutdown until July 15th, the IRS isn't going to do anything to you. Okay. And so now, now granted, like in California, maybe the, the FTB and, and EDD and, and, and um, that I can, you, I know you have three of them. I can never remember what all three of them are. Um, three too many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, maybe they have their own schedule. So, so maybe you have state uh, issues to, to worry about, but you know, having your state issues to worry about and not have to worry about the IRS for a few months, right. you know, is, is a gift also. And the um, thing I, I just found out a few um, a couple weeks ago that the state of California has issued suspensions on collection activities as well. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. So, you know, and, and if you have listeners that are from other states, check with your own state department of revenue um, and, and see what's going on there. Um, if you have, you know, uh, city level income taxes, like, you know, a lot of places in Ohio and New York City, then, then you know, find out what the city finance department is, is doing in that regards as well. Everywhere is going to be different. Right. But that means you have this time to get this, this work done. The other weird flip side to that is that one of the best times to enter into a resolution uh, <laughs> with the IRS on a tax debt uh, the time when you're going to get quote unquote the best deal is when you you're broke, uh, which which I know sounds so counterintuitive. It does, <laughs> but uh, you know I've been telling practitioners this for years. Um, the you know ninety percent of the resolution options available to a client um, has to do with their financial condition, um, mostly based on the income side of the equation. And so if that income side of the equation right now is a, is a big goose egg, then you are much more likely to, to be eligible for either non-collectible status uh, or an offer and compromise. Mm -hmm. uh, so now is the time to be getting uh, those applications together. Um, you know, ACS opened back up a couple of weeks, so you can make the phone call and get your client into CNC right now. Um, uh, currently not collectible status. And so it's a great time to be um, uh, uh, assembling your casework, but also closing out cases and filing applications for your resolution uh, pathway. It's funny, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I, I've obviously when people call, call you and you teach us this, that everybody wants that offer and compromise. Right. Dollar, right, right, right. And as you teach is, it's if you qualify because there's strict Correct. qualifications um, to be able to get that. And I've had clients in the past that there was no way in the world that they were going to get that. Right but now, because quite a few of them have lost their jobs, now might be kind of time to take a um, you know take a look at that or relook at that situation. So uh, I'm pretty sure you believe there's going to be a lot more offer potential offer and compromises considering this. Yeah, you know so. In, in any given year, the, the trend for the past four or five years has been that we see seven or eight million new IRS collections cases that are created each year. Mm -hmm. There's also seven or eight million that the IRS successfully closes out each year. Um, so we're going to see, obviously, a reduction in case closures this year. Uh, we're going to see 
you know, I, you know, I got, I got into this industry in 2008, um, uh, January of 08, right at the start of the, uh, the, the last recession. Um, and you know, if, if you're a practitioner, um, this may surprise you, but tax resolution is recession proof. Um, during the last recession, I grew two firms. Um, one of them uh, almost quadrupling it in size um, in just a year and a half um, in 08 and 09, during the heat uh, of the recession. Um, and then I went into private practice and grew my own firm uh, at a pretty healthy clip uh, as well. So um, it's a great growth opportunity. But even in 2008 and 2009, if we use 2000, uh, if we use 2006 as a baseline in terms of the number of IRS collections cases, in 08 and 09, there was a there were an additional one million cases per year uh, above the normal baseline increase. Okay, um, so if our normal baseline right now is seven or eight million new cases a year. I think that we'll see a um, we will see a, a bigger increase than we saw in 08 and 09, uh, probably two or three million additional new cases. And so um, this is just an educated guess on my part. Obviously, there's there's no way to really predict this, but I think that we'll end up with probably around 10 million um, new IRS collections cases this year. Gotcha. Um, so uh, which. You know, that's a, that's a you know twenty thirty percent increase. It's a significant uh, additional burden on the on the IRS, um, but it's also a bunch of people that need your help. Uh, so it behooves you to uh, to you know if if you are a CPA EA attorney, it behooves you to learn how to do this work uh, and offer this service for to to clients that need it. I mean, I'm sure you're 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 getting calls every day. Already, literally, and I, as we were talking uh, right before this, I had seven new clients just this last week, and that and that's a lot. Um, yeah, for a, a, a pretty much a one person practice um, that I have here, I was actually telling you I'm probably going to have to yeah. hire someone help. It's just well, you were saying you had to rope your wife back into the business. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you now you brought something up that's really important. It is for somebody to hire. Um, obviously, there's only three types of people that can do this type of work, CPAs, EAs, and attorneys. But you even bring out most of those individuals that actually are, are licensed to represent people don't do representation work. Right. So can you tell me why do you, um, why do you believe it's important for somebody to hire somebody that actually specializes in this type of work um, and or why one of those professionals that do this type of work should be contacting you um, to actually learn how to do this work. Kind of, you know, tell me that the logic behind hiring yeah. somebody that knows what they're doing when it comes down to this work. Right. And, and I'll give you a story why I'm bringing this up. Okay. One of the clients that co contacted me this week had 12 years of unfiled returns and his CPA told him that he needs to file all 12 years uh, to get in compliance. Again, CPA is telling this individual. So that's that's a story I kind of want to lead you with why it's so important to have somebody that knows what they're doing. <laughs> well, the, the correct answer is one to six years. Mm -hmm. Okay, negotiable. That is the correct answer, not 12. Right. Um, so so um, 
I'll answer your, the, the way that I normally answer this question is I, I look at it from the attorney perspective. Uh, because it's more easily uh, uh, relatable, I think. So we, we all know that attorneys specialize, right? There are divorce attorneys. There are um, criminal defense attorneys. There are immigration attorneys. There are um, uh, estate and trust uh, attorneys. Uh, there are merger and acquisition attorneys, right? Um, attorneys are, it's well known within our society that they specialize. Um, and it is incredibly rare for one of them to do anything outside their area of specialization, okay? Um, so that is the norm within the legal profession. Um, and, and I think we all inherently understand why. It's because of the uh, specialized body of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the exact same thing in accounting and tax. Mm -hmm. um, there are roughly about 680,000 CPAs in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, Two-thirds of them, two-thirds of them don't do tax. Oh, okay? wow. I didn't know that. Wow. Only one third of them have an IRS P10. Mm. Okay. So only a third of CPAs in the United States do tax. Okay. According to the AICPA, uh, less than 10% of their, um, their tax section members do representation work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Most of them are doing other tax, you know, compliance stuff, but they're not doing the representation like what we're talking about. Gotcha. Uh, with, within, our ranks, uh, uh, enrolled agents. Right now, there's only about 57,000 enrolled agents. Uh, we're, we're a very small profession. Um, even though I've never understood that, our, our license comes directly from the IRS. So mm -hmm. you would think that it'd be a bigger pool, but it's not. Um, and, and so um, if you survey enrolled agents, um, you will find that there is a low single-digit percentage of them. Uh, that have ever done a collections representation case. Wow. Okay. Um, and so because that's just the reality of, of the numbers, um, you know, the, uh, a lot of CPAs, they do like corporate financial statement auditing. Mm. Okay. They don't know anything about, representing you in your best interest in front of the IRS. They've never taken a course on it. They've never touched it. They know literally nothing about how it works. Okay. Do you want that person representing you and trying to negotiate with the IRS on your behalf? Right. I, I wouldn't. Right. It's the exact same way that if you get arrested and accused of a murder you didn't commit, do you want the attorney that prepared your will and put together your trust and did your estate plan and everything for your parents? Do you want that lawyer representing you at the murder trial? I sure don't, right? right? I want a criminal defense attorney. It's the exact same logic. And so for anybody out there that has a tax debt, I highly recommend that you ask your existing tax person, your tax advisor, tax consultant, tax preparer, um, ask them about their, their licensure. They need to be an EA, a CPA, or attorney in order to legally sign an IRS power of attorney.
Okay. That's like a non-negotiable starting baseline. But then also ask them about their education and training in regards to, to that. Have they taken continuing education courses on that subject? Most of them never have. Mm -hmm. um, uh, how much experience do they have representing taxpayers? If they say, well, I, I did an offer and compromise a couple of years ago, <laughs> that's not the answer you want to hear. Right. Okay? Uh, you want to then ask them for a referral to somebody else, um, such as yourself, that this is what they do. This is their tax business. I mean, you, I, you, I, I know you don't even do tax returns anymore, right? Right, right, right. I mean, um, and, and I remember you teaching us, you know, to go out to attorneys and CPAs and yes. let them know that you do, do this type of work. And now that's actually one of my biggest um, parts of my business are just. CPAs and attorneys referring that, that work to me because they don't want to deal with it. Right. Like the ones that do taxes, that's what they want to do. Period. Right. They want to do the bookkeeping, the payroll. Exactly. And, and, there, and there's, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Um, they're, 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 it's a good business to be in. Um, and the beautiful thing about payroll and bookkeeping is that it's nice recurring revenue. Right. Right. So I, I am never, I, I don't want anybody to think that I'm like bashing no. that service at all it is it is really nice to have a recurring revenue stream um it really is okay um i will be the first to admit that's one of the downsides to doing uh tax resolution work is that once the case is resolved um if that person was a, re a referral from another cpa that client goes back to that cpa and you have no further work with that client right um because it's resolved, so exactly. Um, I, I know we got, we've got about ten minutes left. You have a, sure. a, you have another appointment here. Uh, my question in the next five minutes: talk about nine forty one cases, um, payroll tax issues, and going forward, uh, how big of a problem that's going to be. Especially, uh, we're seeing this obviously in a lot of the restaurant industries all being shut down. A lot of them probably won't ever open up. Correct. Um, you know, I have. Uh, friends and family members that have restaurants, and it's scary. Um, you feel for them. So that, this is going to be a big issue. Um, what's the best thing for those types of individuals? What should they be thinking about going forward? Uh, because it's probably going to be a huge problem. It will be a problem. Yeah, it, it already is a, a problem. You know, it has been for at least six or eight weeks for, for a lot of businesses. And you had asked earlier what industry is probably going to be hit the hardest nationwide. And it is going to be hospitality in general. Anything that's travel, tourism, or hospitality rate uh, related mm -hmm. is just, uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's really sad what's going on. They're just getting hammered. Mm -hmm. um, and as you kind of go down the line of who's going to be impacted most within that sector, um, it, the restaurants are, are easily uh, some of the hardest hit. I think maybe the only thing that might be slightly worse um, by like a tiny margin will be bars and uh, nightclubs uh. Uh, because bars and nightclubs are going to be the absolute last things to be allowed to open. Uh, across the country based on the the governor proclamations that I've read so far for several states. Um, and they're also the places where it's w the most difficult to do social distancing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you ever been to a nightclub? Um, <laughs> the social distancing is about this far, right? It's, it, it doesn't happen. So um, uh, they're going to be extremely hard hit. 
Uh, now, fortunately, the, the government has, they've, they've tried to make some effort to alleviate some of these problems. Um, you know, every, all the attention right now is about the PPP loans uh, and all the problems that those are getting. What's not getting nearly as much media attention, and this is something businesses need to know about, uh, but are two other programs. Um, there's the employee retention credit, uh, which is a refundable credit up to $5,000 based on the, on the first $10,000 of, of, of uh, wages uh, uh, for employees that you retain. Um, and it's a credit that will be um, uh, figured on the, the 941. Uh, for everybody that just filed their first quarter 941, and they're like, wait, where's that employee retention credit? Um, your second quarter 941 will be trued up to give you that refundable credit from first quarter. Because um, it was only for, I think, like three weeks or so. Um, uh, so there's, there's that. The other issue, and so that's directly related to avoiding a 941 liability, right? The other thing related to avoiding a 941 liability is to take advantage of uh, uh, the uh, Form 7200, uh, which you file the 7200, file it now, and you can defer a portion of, um, I believe it's the employer's portion of Social Security. Uh, you can defer that tax um, for the rest of the year, and then you pay half of it next year, half of it in 2022, okay? Okay. Um, in order to spread out that pain. So is it everything about payroll? No. Um, but between the employee retention credit and the deferral of the employer's portion of Social Security, every dime helps, right? right? And those two things, it may not be enough to prevent a, a business from completely avoiding a 941 tax liability, but take advantage of those programs. Make sure that you, you know, if, if, if you're an accountant, make sure that you're telling your clients about these, you're, you're educating yourself. Uh, we were talking before the, 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 the session here. There's so many webinars going on. Um, there's plenty of opportunity for EA CPA's attorneys uh, to pick up the CPE CLE credit uh, on those. Learn about the, uh, the other programs, not just the PPP, okay? Um, especially as that money is quickly running out for the second time. Man, so, I, I got so many questions on 941s. I'm like, we're going to have to do another podcast just to sure. talk about 941 stuff. Um, Jason, um, just to wrap up here, there's a lot of tax, tax professionals, CPAs, EAs, and enrolled agents that either want to learn more about this. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, you, you know, this. If, if you want to be one of the, you know, 2% or so of uh, tax professionals that are actually doing this work, and I encourage it. It's an extremely lucrative uh, field to be in, and there's also just millions of people that need your help and not enough practitioners doing it. So if you would like to, to uh, get involved with uh, IRS collections representation, uh, just visit my website, taxresolutionacademy.com. Uh, I've got a lot, uh, hundreds of blog posts there for you. Um, we do several continuing education sessions every week, um, and, and we have a, a robust support program um, if you want to take it uh, to the next step. Um, but, but at least check out the continuing education uh, classes that we do. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Jason, I can't give no better recommendation than anybody 
um, anybody else in this industry because what's amazing about that. you is not only do you provide that technical side um, of learning how to do the actual work, but what's amazing is that you have a marketing mind that's just uh, amazing when it comes down to teaching people how to um, reach out to these types of clients that need your help. And uh, that's that one thing that I truly, truly love about you. And um, I know we're going to spend two full days. Um, is it Monday, Monday, Tuesday? For, yep, Monday, or, Tuesday. Yep. Um, 16 hours just of um, um, a team of uh, uh, the elite SEAL team within his group kind of <laughs> going over, you know, what we're doing in our business. So with that, Jason, thanks again. Truly appreciate you taking your taking time out of your schedule. And um, I'll see you on Monday. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Carlos. Bye-bye. And stop recording. You can always reach the Godfather, Carlos Samaniego, at taxdebtconsultant.com or call him directly, 909 570 1103, or on Facebook. Look for the Tax Debt Consultant. Make sure you pick up his book, How to Make the IRS, an offer they can't refuse, on Amazon. Remember, you can live the life of a good fella once you take care of your tax problems. The Godfather is here to help.